0: From tornadoes to hurricanes, blizzards, and everything in between, you're listening to the Stormfront Freaks Podcast, Episode 13, for November 3rd, 2016. The Stormfront Freaks are former television meteorologist Mark Massaro, collegiate senior in atmospheric science Brady Harris. Digital meteorologist and weather producer for the Lyft on the Weather Channel app, Dina Knightley. And I'm your announcer and Skyward Network radio operator, Mark Johnson. Today, the Freaks welcome guest co-host Jennifer Watson, storm chaser, meteorologist, and social media specialist at the Weather Channel. And our guest, John Erdman, senior meteorologist and writer at Weather Channel Digital, weather.com. Now, here's the moderator of the Stormfront Freaks podcast, amateur storm spotter, Phil Johnson.
1: Welcome to the Stormfront Freaks Podcast. So understand our goal is to be the most entertaining weather podcast on your listening device. Uh, definitely thank you for listening. This is episode 13. So grab your favorite beverage and join us. This show is uh, we're going to be talking to senior meteorologist for the Weather Channel. John Erdman is with us tonight. Plus we'll, we'll be discussing the confusion behind various winter weather advisories because as warm as the temperatures have been, uh, that time of the year is certainly upon us. Um, as listeners, as you guys know we're we're kind of in the middle of actually not in the middle. We're finishing uh, our our new co-host search. Uh, we basically one of the things that we're looking to add to our group of ragtag, uh, gnarly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I like Nor- Norley is a good word. Norley is so. good.
2: <laughs> words,
1: whatever, what use whatever saying, word you want to fill in there. Uh, others might use other words, but uh, <laughs> we wanted to add we wanted to add someone because we're kind of lacking someone that's really got some decent storm chasing experience. Um, and as we go through discussions and as we go through the show, someone that can talk on behalf as well of. Uh, the storm chasing uh community and what that 's like and and get some feedback there so we 've basically been on the search to add someone with some storm chasing experience and uh tonight is kind of the last uh we've had two others on on previous shows and and tonight uh finally, this was actually supposed to happen, but uh god darn it Matthew uh, yeah. got the way. <laughs> But tonight we have Jen. Jen Watson is our guest co-host. She's a meteorologist. Jen Jen is a meteorologist and storm chaser. Uh, She's a a media specialist with the Weather Channel. Um, And so, Jen, welcome. Great to have you have you part of tonight.
3: Thanks. I'm excited to be here, guys.
1: So we're a little little concerned. I think this was brought up last show. Uh, And and, you know now, especially with John on tonight, we've got it. We're we're starting to have this Weather Channel takeover. You guys are. I know. Podcast.
4: Yeah. Phil, I actually got a call from the the, manager. They're gonna they're gonna take us up as a uh, official (laughs) Weather Channel product. So. That Uh,
3: would be awesome. That would
1: be. We'll have to to ask. We'll have to ask Dean and John and Jen if if we want that. Um, (laughs) I'm sure they would say yes.
2: Yes, we all know each other.
1: Officially, yes. Um, But anyway, Jen, uh, thanks for joining us tonight. uh, Let's get to do this show for, which is our guest, Um, Dean. I'm going to turn it over to you to introduce your uh, your homeboy.
5: All right, so I got one of my favorite people in the world, and I'm not just saying that because we're recording. We have John Erdman. He's the um, senior meteorologist and writer for the Weather Channel Weather.com side. And you've got tons of experience. I'm going to go through some of it. But I just remember, personally, like my first day at the Weather Channel, I came in and you were there. Mm -hmm. You trained me on how to make some of these maps that we made, like back in the day when we actually had to do manual drawing of polygons and rain. And I've just, like, over the years, we have worked together a good almost 15 years now on and off. And uh, you're probably, like, one of the, like, and I hate to sound like I'm <laughs> being weird, but you're like the smartest person I know. I think it's like with all your experience and I'll name some off. You've got like senior meteorologists with um, experience in severe winter, tropical, extended range research. You've done on air. You've done like weather producing. But like the one thing I think you, you could do great is be a teacher. That's true. I always said that. He should be a professor. You should be a professor.
1: So so John tell us give us an idea what so what was your path uh to, to meteorology did you become this awesome greatest person on earth as Dina. <laughs> 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 yeah, give, give
2: a us a, little <laughs> path,
1: a path of your
2: history.
6: Well, first of all, that's really kind, Dina. Um, you know, it's uh, to be honest, um I have to reach for a tissue. Hold on a second.
2: Aww. I'm, Aww. Writing, I'm Aww. writing your name
5: and as a
6: presidential candidate.
5: <laughs> yes, 32. he's a write-in. He's my write-in.
6: We'll have to come up with some negative ads then. Okay. So, yeah. Um, you know, it's, you, you talk to a lot of meteorologists and it, it's amazing how many of them tell you it's because of a storm or it's because of a certain weather event that just lit a fire in them. And it, it, that was such the case at the Weather Channel. There's so many meteorologists there that grew up in the Midwest or grew up in the Northeast or grew up in the Gulf coast and had hurricanes. Well, in my case, um, my house was narrowly hit by, almost hit by a tornado when I was seven years old and it was a really weird day. I mean, it was, um, it was in April and in Wisconsin in April, you don't put tornadoes in Wisconsin and April together in the same sentence very often. Hmm. But, um, what basically happened was, um, You know, I I remember coming home from, uh, you know, coming home from school and going shopping. And, uh, you know, I just remember remember this black sky to the west. And to this day, I have not seen a sky that black ever. And I hope I never see it again. (laughs) And so so my mom got scared and we ran out of the store and uh, drove home probably faster than the speed limit. And we pulled (laughs) in the driveway and I looked up in the sky and I said, Mom, why, and I was only seven years old. I didn't really know what was going on. I said, Mom, why are those clouds moving so fast? And she says, It's funny, they're moving from east to west. And uh, she oh. said, Uh she says, yeah. It doesn't look good. And we got pulled in the house. And about 15 seconds later, uh, we got a call from a neighbor uh, that lived on a hill overlooking the lake where we lived. And she saw the tornado coming right over the lake. And wow. she, she was basically wow. our tornado warning.
3: That's really scary. uh She said,
6: Carol, the tornado's coming over the lake. And my sister looked out the front window and saw it coming down the street. (gasps) And she saw the funnel. She she said there were two funnels and one of them was coming right down the streets. So I never saw it, but she basically grabbed me, threw me down the stairs with (laughs) with my mom. And in about 15 seconds, it was over.
2: Wow. God! I just remember just a
6: loud wind and it was a weak tornado. It was only about an EF one or two. But uh, when we walked out, walked out of the basement, uh, if if you remember Back to the Future when Marty McFly is transformed back to his uh, to his subdivision before it was built and he's right. just walking around he's like what am I looking at and wow. so I walked out and I saw you know a home kitty corner from us with his garage destroyed wow and you know when you're seven years old you don't you don't know what this is all about mm-hmm. so it was really that day I, I was just fascinated by it could you and, feel the uh,
3: pressure drop and everything.
6: Well, you know, it, it, Jen, it happened so quickly. I mean, it was, you know, everybody says yeah. that, right? Wow. It was 15 seconds. I counted to 15 seconds and it was over. And we had basically a couple of shingles ripped off the roof. Uh, we had a swing set that was turned upside down. Yeah. And I just remember I said a really short prayer and that was it. <laughs> so oh that's all I remember. I didn't see it. I never saw it. I, I just heard this, heard this wind that, you know, I still have nightmares to this day about, but, uh, but did, to that point, it was just, wow, what happened? And, of course, we went joyriding around the neighborhood and around the city and saw all the damage and saw all the insulation in the trees. And, you know, fortunately, nobody was killed in Beaver Dam, uh, Wisconsin, where I was from. But, um, boy, it was, it was just a strange day. Uh, it was just an April afternoon. You know, you typically think it would be the middle of summer, but it was April. So that's so, where what started, started it. Yeah.
7: Wow. Did Carol ever get arrested for throwing you down the stairs?
5: No, you know
6: I never broke a leg, no broken that's limbs.
2: The
5: awesome. uh, you know, uh, tornado did no, yeah, it? No, my mom. She
6: didn't explain anything. She just said, uh, "She just said, get down to the basement." You know, and my sister picked me up and threw me down, and there we go. Wow, <laughs> that's
5: that crazy. tells you how serious. fast it is. You know, when we mm-hmm. tell everybody, "Do it now, go in a interior room, or go in the basement." So you said 15 seconds. That's- it, it lasted about
6: 15 seconds. And, you know, the sirens just sounded as it was hitting. So, you know, I, I, to my recollection, there wasn't a watch out. You know, again, it was early April. You know, you're not really going to expect a tornado in Wisconsin in early April. So, yeah. Um, but no. yeah, it was, it was pretty surreal.
3: <laughs> wow. That's really scary. Did you guys have any warning? Like, did you know earlier that day that there was a chance for severe weather? Or was it just out of the blue?
6: No, I was. You know, I was a first grader, and uh, <laughs> I, just, I, I, didn't just, know. I just. No, come want on. I didn't
2: want, want, know I my I did want the weather come channel.
6: On. Mom said come she was on. going to take me to Dairy Queen that afternoon. That's all I was thinking about all day at school. So.
4: <laughs> until
6: I I hope saw this, that,
5: hopefully, that, the Dairy Queen was still there.
2: Oh, well, it was
6: yeah, still there. True. It survived.
4: thankfully. Thank you know, God that that's important. But probably most important.
6: But man, that black sky was just, it just sticks with you. And, you know, I've lived in Kansas in my life. I, my wife lived in Oklahoma before we were married. I've never seen a sky that menacing as that. Wow. Particular day. It that's was really it was literally crazy. as black as the crayon
1: out of the crayon box. Wow. So what's your, that's what's easy. your current role right now, John? How'd you go from that to what you're doing now?
6: Well, that's a long winding road. Uh, yeah. So, <laughs> so, so, but easy. we don't have that long in a podcast. Um, yeah. So what I'm doing now is I'm basically a columnist for dot uh, weather.com. I've been doing that for about six years. Um, I worked, uh, as Dina said, I worked on air, uh, well on, on air uh, behind the scenes, uh, before that doing everything from <laughs> manually entering temperatures on an overnight shift. That was my first mm-hmm. job, you know, just <laughs> oh try staying awake, punching temperatures for the entire <laughs> country. Like,
3: wow. That's crazy. We had
6: to have a lot of loud music get us through that, but, uh, Know, um but started that uh, did a little forecasting you know long range and you know short-term forecasting did some did a lot of what uh dean has been so good at for so many years is weather producing uh i was the Thanks, first john. weather producer at the weather channel Ooh. um we had a you know worked with a lot of great people uh heather tesh marshall sees john niece john scala you know a lot yeah. of a lot of fun people uh work with jim uh you know, with cantori a lot in the evening and uh, that'll always keep you on your toes so Yes, that will. <laughs> but, then I, but then i joined the digital team and my first day of work on weather.com was uh, i don't know there was a storm called Snowmageddon,
2: which <laughs> was one, really one
6: it was really 2008 hashtag to, was that 2008? what's
4: that yeah was that in
6: 2008
4: that was, uh, that, was no. um, that was the was that one that 2008?
6: slammed dc in 2010 it was february 2010 okay,
5: yeah. it was really the okay. first
6: hashtag that took off and uh, just remember stepping into work, and uh, uh, Renee is Jardins, who's who's now uh, who's with the weather company, and she was she was on the team at the time. Said, "Hi, welcome to the digital team.
2: Here's, here's, here's
6: Twitter. Sit down, start tweeting. And just go. <laughs> man. Ten straight hours. I'm was just, just tweets storm reports. No, they got another inch at Dulles. So, <laughs> to talk about baptism by fire, you know, sometimes in oh, meteorology you just get just baptized jump into
2: and it. And such you have go. to go. There you go. So,
1: so what? So, so what was that? What? What, what? How'd that switch come about? How'd you go from uh, when you're with the Weather Channel and you switched to the digital end? He was and sick it, of working
5: what, with me. I think that, that was it. Oh, <laughs> you couldn't <think> <laughs> get sick of working with Dina.
1: No, we were
6: like uh, yeah.
2: we were like strangers
6: passing in the passing of the night there. Yeah. No, it's um, well, you know, it it, it started. Um, the, there's a meteorologist there that uh, you know, left several years ago named Tim Ballasty. He is really the single most important person uh, on social and digital that ever was at the Weather Channel. He got it started. <laughs> and I, I remember getting an email one day, this was back in uh, 2009, saying, hey, there's this thing called Twitter. <laughs> and we all kind of chuckled <laughs> in the background I said, what is this about? He said, well, he says, well, just tell people what you're doing, what you're doing right now. And of course, none of us got it. And <laughs> mm-hmm. Tim Ballasty yeah. got it a year before anybody else got it. And so I, I'd watch what Tim was doing on the team, and and then I said, oh, that's pretty interesting. You know, we could we could reach a whole new audience this way, you know, a whole new audience that's that's much younger than I am. And uh, so I, I said, you know, when the, when the opportunity came along, I said, hey, why not? This sounds this sounds kind of fun. And I always loved writing. Um, you know, we I got to do a little bit of writing, but uh, a lot of a lot of content producing and, and graphic production and story ideas, and so just kind of said, well, let's just like anything in life you just got to take a leap sometimes and give it a shot yeah, and uh, it's been a lot it's been a lot Definitely. of fun um, it's uh, you know just you're you're able to be pretty original in in coming up with just crazy ideas and you know that's that's kind of what we are now we're kind of in the interesting business not in the weather business but we're in the interesting business yeah, we got to think true. of stuff that's interesting so what's, yeah it's been it's been pretty fun so far
3: what's the biggest weather moment um that impacted you when you were there at the Weather Channel, since you've been there at the Weather Channel, like the one day that was just the craziest covering weather?
6: <laughs> wow, one day. There's so many, um, too,
5: probably.
6: <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, it's a good question. I, I think the one day that will ever forever stick in my mind was Katrina's Landfall.
5: Yeah, Katrina. Um,
6: mm-hmm. you know, I, was, I was a weather producer for Your Weather Today, so I was with uh, John Neese and uh, Marshall Cease, Heather Tesh, and that whole. That- there. And, you know, I, I'll be honest, I was guilty as anybody. Um, I breathed a bit of a sigh of relief when the winds passed through New Orleans and I said, okay, well, I think we're all right. Yeah. And of course, realizing that Mississippi was still going to take the full brunt to the eye wall. Uh, and then I'll never forget it. You know, we, we got the first report of the levees, a levee breach. And at that time it was just a breach.
1: Mm-hmm.
6: And we kind of, you know, we kind of said, "Well, this isn't. This is something we need to watch," um, but we didn't really grasp the reality of what happened. And as soon as we started getting more reports, um, it's the whole tone of the show changed. Um, you know, serious. It was serious up to that point. Of course, we we're worrying about Mississippi, but um, it's just. I, I still just.
5: It's a tough. It's, it, that it's was a tough the tough about. Career moment for me too, because I was there with you too. And I just remember that. Like, you thought, okay, it's going to be a lot of damage and flooding. But until those levees breached and we started finding out, like, how everybody was stuck in the stadium and it was just how bad it was and nobody could get help to them, it was awful. It was, it was really that was, that is the like probably the turning point in my career too. I remember watching it on TV when I was in in school and just thinking it was just... don't say you were in the fifth grade,
3: Doug. <laughs> <laughs> you guys, I'm 20. I can't even drink yet. You know. oh. But I have a job at the Weather Channel, so...
7: <laughs>
3: I'm just kidding. <laughs>
7: I was going to say, wait a minute. <laughs> now, I
5: no, I was remember just a very...
7: studying. Go ahead. I Remember studying that in our Severe Storms class back in the <clears throat> 80s. And uh, when they were saying, oh, if, you know, if a category four or five ever hit New Orleans and we we studied that, like what would happen? What would happen? And so when that happened that morning, we first got up before daylight hit and they said it passed through. And boy, didn't really nothing really big really happened. And I remember having that moment of like, really? Huh. Yeah. And then it was yeah. like a half hour, hour later and just going, OK, there it is. That's yeah. what, that's what we all expected. But there was that moment, like you had said, John, like. In the very beginning, you're like, huh, that's interesting. We thought it would be worse. And then it was. Yeah. yeah. Because
5: I had been there the year before for some kind of like AMS thing or something like that. And it was in New Orleans. And I remember thinking, like, I was in this hotel that got hit that, you know, I think the the mayor was trying to, like, find shelter in. Like, it's like all these places I had just seen. And I'm like, that is so surreal. It's crazy. It really is.
7: Is that uh, where the mayor was in your room?
5: No. I don't remember know. the name of the place, but it was the real tall one with, like, you could see through the elevator and you could see out, I think, to the water, if I remember correctly. But that's where a bunch of people went to, to get shelter and that got damaged. And I'm like, man, I was just there. It's crazy It's so crazy. freaky
3: it's not even the worst case scenario for New Orleans either because it was on the left side of the storm, yeah. which is even well, more that, terrifying.
5: That brought up the whole thing, too, which could be a whole show about, you know, and we've talked about this before, about why people don't leave, Yeah, you know, or do they understand. And it changed, how I think, how we do weather, how we try to explain it to people. So yeah. that was a big... Yeah, it's sobering. Yeah, it was. It's
6: sobering to... Uh, you know and, and this has been such an initiative with the social science community um, you know how do we get people to uh, you know react correctly I mean how mm-hmm. we can we can warn until the the cows come home and if nobody if nobody takes the correct action
2: mm-hmm. and
6: that's what that's what's so upsetting to the meteorological community we all get into this to help people to serve yeah. people and uh, you know we just you know what what could we have done uh, I don't know.
5: Yeah. I think so.
7: you could have called
6: everyone individually,
7: mm-hmm,
5: John. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Matt. That's That's awesome. Because we didn't have Twitter and Facebook back then.
8: Oh, right.
5: We didn't have yeah. it. Um, I mean, it was all TV back then. That's like, people just watched it. And if their TV went out, they didn't have it. And oh, my gosh.
3: Well, it's one of those things like they, a lot of people stayed during Camille. And so they're like, oh, we'll be fine for this one. And, you know, they just didn't expect the levees to breach. And, and even in Mississippi, like Biloxi, I was there the year before too, Dina. And it's amazing just seeing like how much it had been destroyed. And it was, it's stunning coastline. It's beautiful there. And -hmm. it's just one of those things that people are like, oh, I survived, you know, I'll be fine for this one too. So it's, it's one of those communication things that you got to break through to people. Yeah,
1: let's, but people um, aren't I'm gonna, I'm, let's jump. Jump since we're talking about storms, I do want to jump to this because John, you just recently um, had a wrote a big piece on the perfect storm. <laughs> uh talking about that. And, and I, I think because I, I don't know where he got that idea. I don't know where he got that. So I, I I think it's fitting because that from a time standpoint, it was uh, twenty five years ago. I guess do me a favor, John, first give give everybody a a brief explanation of what that was and what happened, um, in layman's terms for some of us. Uh and then and then maybe tell tell us what were some of the things you found out as you were putting that piece together?
6: Sure. Well, uh, you know, the perfect storm was one of the most meteorologically elegant and spectacular, um, you know, configurations that, that you'll see. Um, Basically in a nutshell, what happened, you had an area of low pressure off the Canadian Maritimes that was already out there. And then well to the South of it, down South of Bermuda, you had hurricane grace and over the, over the next oh two days or so, you had this low near the Canadian Maritimes kind of migrate toward the west-southwest, so kind of toward the U.S. And as it did so, it was this large circulation that eventually sucked up what was left up of Hurricane Grace. So it was like a storm that ate another storm.
2: Mm-hmm.
6: And so yeah. at that time, then, it was this massive wave generator along the East Coast. And, of course, if you've seen the movie The Perfect Storm, you've read, mm-hmm. you read Sebastian Younger's book. Um, you know, it, it was a massive wave generator in the Western Atlantic. So I, I'm a landlubber. Uh, I don't do boats real well. So (laughs) I can imagine being out there being throttled about. And of course you've seen the movie. So, so then as this thing happened, Oh, oh, by the way, there was also uh, a Midwest blizzard that was, that was being blocked up. That was being, uh, basically sent from Texas all the way up to Minnesota. And it was the, really the, the, no storm a record in the recent times for Minnesota, and you know, I see MJ shaking his head. Yeah, remember yeah, it well. well. <laughs> yeah. So, but that that blizzard basically hammered Minnesota in part because you had the perfect storm that was just blocking. It was, it was like the atmosphere needed drano; it was blocked. Out. <laughs> and then, hey, and I then it just—I mean—and then it just gets better. <laughs> so you have this perfect storm. And then finally, this perfect storm decides the original load decides okay I'm going to become a sub what's called a subtropical storm, basically mm-hmm. a mix of a typical low pressure system and a tropical system and then it just kept going and then it said, oh i'm going to become a hurricane and then it ended up as a hurricane off the southeast Massachusetts coast and it was it was called the unnamed hurricane because they did not want to call this thing a hurricane at the same time because before it became a hurricane, it was doing all this damage along the east coast, and they thought people would freak out if they heard that this was an unnamed hurricane off the east coast, so they never named it. The
2: hurricane oh said, "Nope, we're not yeah. with it." Wow. I found it's that really so interesting.
1: Really
6: interesting.
2: It's a, it's yeah. a political
1: yeah. cover-up.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh my We're gonna find yeah. some Experiency.
4: emails. We're gonna find some conspiracy. About the uh, hurricanes.
2: No, <laughs> don't, <laughs> we like,
7: don't we like name fall days now? It's fall day, Fred.
2: So,
6: you know. <laughs> well you think of all the think of all the controversy that happened over Sandy and you know, dropping the hurricane designation before it came to land. Imagine yeah, yeah. if we had social media during the perfect storm and, and they had this unnamed hurricane. Oh my god. Mate, your yes. head just explodes thinking
2: about yeah. it. So uh, yeah,
6: yeah it, it's it's one of the most spectacular
1: meteorological events of our recent time. Mm-hmm. So where where were you uh, in your career path when this actually happened? Where where in your timeline were you that year? When,
2: well, uh, you know, I, I was morning. great again. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was. was totally seven. No, I'm Brady wasn't no, born um, yet. Yeah, nope. that's true. <laughs> no, I was still well, watching you know, it.
4: I, <laughs> I was watching
2: yeah,
6: that's great. it. Was, you know, I was having my college midlife crisis. I was a uh, sophomore at University of Wisconsin Madison. And at that time, I was a physics major, so I was uh, I was not yet in meteorology, so I was oblivious to it. So I I didn't really pay attention to it at the time, but uh, I wish I had. So, <laughs> so that big winter
1: storm that came through Madison didn't get any of that, huh?
6: We were on the warm side of that, you know. We, yeah, we, weather, we get that a lot here.
1: We get screwed a lot that way. So Minnesota oh, gets hammered, oh and we get the we get the mush. So <laughs>
2: wow.
1: Well, let's, awesome. uh, let's do this. Uh, we want to uh, jump to our lightning round. This is one of our, our favorite things to do with our guest, John. And I know you have been looking forward to this for this months. Is fun. We've had you on the books uh, to do. So we're going to do the lightning round, and then uh, we'll let everybody know how they can follow. I heard, by the way, John, you're some superstar. You're on some Forbes.com must, must follow, follow Twitter list or
8: Whoa.
5: something yes. right? You've got a ton of Twitter followers. Oh, my God.
6: He's amazing. All those fake followers, you know, tend to, <laughs> no. know, tend to work well. Also, it's because people all those, love all, what those, you tweet. All, those, all those porn yeah. Twitter so, egg icons, you know,
1: they work. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, Tom's Twitter stream right.
3: is unlike anybody else's. It's incredible.
1: All, all right, so, we're, so let's do this. Let's Thanks, jump guys. to the lightning round. Uh, what we're going to be playing tonight is, uh, since we since it's the 25th anniversary of The Perfect Storm, we are going to be playing The Perfect Storm High or Low. So, John, I have got seven questions for you uh, with an answer, but the answer I give you is incorrect. The correct answer is either higher or lower than the answer I give you. So, Ooh. it's kind of like The Price is Right. You remember The mm. price, is right, uh, price is Right, High or Low? $1. $1. Yes. Yeah. yeah. You had to pick is the real price higher or lower? Uh, never go do one
4: right, so, dollar. Right. All right. And you, you know,
1: will like be everybody... answering with partial derivatives. So
4: just
7: get ready. Uh,
2: <laughs> let's let's get <laughs> this ball rolling. Uh,
1: question number one: Total damage done by the perfect storm. One hundred million. So is the correct answer higher or lower than one hundred million?
6: Well, Bob, I'm going to have to go higher.
2: <laughs> ding, that ding! Is correct answer is, is two hundred million. A
1: TV Is voice. the wow. correct answer okay? Uh, question two: The death toll, uh, ten. Higher or lower than ten?
3: That's a tough one.
6: Ooh. Uh, let's see. Well, uh, there, unfortunately, hours. there were some on the boat. So,
1: yeah. Uh,
6: well, Bob, Sorry. I'm going to go higher again.
1: Uh, unfortunately that gets a bell i probably shouldn't uh give a bell to it no but it is higher uh it's 13 actually 13 uh died in that storm so it it was deadly highest uh, now this is a good one highest buoy reported wave height so this is the highest wave height from the storm reported by a buoy uh that was off off the coast of new england Uh, 75 feet. Is the correct answer higher or lower than 75 feet?
6: So, this is going to sound bad if I don't know the answer since I wrote the column. Uh, (laughs) Uh, That's
2: a tough one, though. It's one
1: buoy, though. There's a lot of other buoys. He
6: didn't
2: say how far off.
1: He's going to go higher, and you would be correct. It was 100
5: feet. Wow, oh that that's like the
2: um,
5: that's so that, scary. That oh. was like the you know for the movie where they have the boat going up the Andrea Gale going yeah. up that wave. Yes,
2: yes.
4: yes. The, we, we a you can boogie
1: board All right. that. Pretty, Speaking
2: pretty of pretty the night. Andrea
4: Gale,
1: John,
2: <laughs>
5: afraid, yeah.
1: the crew of the Andrea Gale, uh, uh, uh was seven. Is the correct answer higher or lower than seven? Mm-hmm. I'm gonna I'm gonna guess lower. You would be
6: he
2: correct. Is on on a on roll. Roll. Goodness.
1: It was six. There were six okay. on with Andrea Gale officially. All right, now we're going to get into the movie a little bit. Uh, question five The year the movie was released was 2001. So was the year higher or lower than 2001? Philly, you
6: would be really good setting lines in Vegas. You'd be really good. Um, <laughs> bring them out, baby. I'm going to. I guess the answer would be lower. I'm going to say earlier. You'd be correct. correct.
5: 2000. Good yes. Because I remember wow. we all went, when we were at WSI, we all went to see it together. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Back then, I know like, where I was working. That was
1: a good meteorologist nerd movie to all go out together. <laughs> yeah, we see
5: did. That.
1: Like 20 of us went. <laughs> all right, five for five. Uh, two more questions. Right, Number job. Six. Yes. The U.S. movie gross. So here's how much the movie grossed in the U.S., uh, is it higher or lower than 175 million? Mm.
6: Well, let's see. Let me flip a coin here. I'm going to say I'm going to say <laughs> higher.
4: You'd be correct
2: again. Oh, oh. Wow. Nice. I thought it was he's lower. Made, he's made
1: it
4: further than Dr. Hobgood. Dr.
2: Hobgood. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> well, 182. George, George
1: Clooney is pretty good
3: looking.
1: All right. There's no George Clooney questions in this one. So the last one. <laughs> Is Academy Award nominations higher or lower than one? Mm. Can't answer push, can I? Uh, <laughs> let I me say, let me say lower, and you would be incorrect. Oh. Oh. Wow. Oh.
2: You one from is the million Jesus. dollars.
1: You you were you were one yeah we had I have a million dollars in cash right here John I was actually going to send it to
2: you (laughs) he's given out before that's very true
1: (laughs) unfortunately uh, you were six for seven so awesome job yeah that's pretty good good.
7: that's right Mensa's on the phone Mensa's on the phone oh wait (laughs) they just hung up never mind never mind
1: Uh, (laughs) so John uh, tell our listeners. That wanna now follow this Forbes.com superstar, how how can they follow you and get in touch with you?
6: Well, if you want complete nonsense in your Twitter feed, uh, you can follow <laughs> me at uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Wix Jay Erdman, so it's W X J E R D M A N, or you can follow me on Facebook, uh, Facebook.com slash Wix J
1: So thanks for having me, guys.
4: Cool. So
1: thanks for having. So we're we're gonna take a quick break. And when we come back, uh, we're going to have our discussion on some of these winter storm alerts.
4: This is Storm School, where together we'll take an in-depth look into certain weather phenomenon, why they happen, where they happen, what causes them. Some topics we'll cover, the things you might have never heard before or things you've heard a lot. Welcome to Storm School. Class is in session. Hello once again to this week's episode of Storm School. I'm Brady, and today we're going to be talking about some long-range forecasting. This is very appropriate because we've got winter coming up. You've probably seen a couple of different forecasts, probably more than a couple on your Twitter feed, coming from all these different sources, including the Farmers' Almanac, um, a bunch of other people probably telling you what they think is going to happen this winter. Um... But, and, th- and their forecasts um, could be accurate, could not be accurate. You don't really know. But here's some good techniques to make your forecast accurate. Um, the first thing you want to do when you're long-range forecasting is don't look at individual numbers. If you look at a model, um, first of all, the GFS and Euro usually only go out 10 uh, to 16 days anyway. So those aren't going to be any help to you. Um, there is Euro, some Euro models that go out beyond, uh, 16 days there, but they're pretty much just trends. You're not going to be looking at numbers. That's the first thing you're going to want to do is throw out any conception of, I'm going to be able to predict the temperature in four weeks in Boston. That's not going to happen. Um, so that's the first tip of long range forecasting. The second thing you're going to want to be aware of is that, um, you're going to look for trends in the models. You're going to look for hot versus cold. Um, you're going to look for, 500 millibar heights, are they going to be higher or lower than usual um, at these certain locations? And there's there's models that do that, um, variations of the euro, once again, variations of the GFS that go out beyond 16 days that aren't numbers-based, but they're trends-based. So you're going to look at those. Um, you're going to look at... There's certain teleconnections, and, and to be honest, teleconnections are very confusing. A teleconnection, say, is... Um, it's it basically links the weather um, from one location to another. For example, El Nino is something a teleconnection is. It's something that indirectly affects the weather. It's an event like El Nino, which is the warming of the ocean waters um, in off of the South American coast. How that connects back to us in the United States and affects us, um, and it does affect us um, in certain seasons. So that's something to pay attention to as well. It, that, that's very complicated to do and hard to do, but if you learn how to read the teleconnections, um, then you can you know, have a necessarily a better idea of what it could potentially be like. Um, but that, that's another thing to pay attention to as well. Um, so in terms of forecasting for long-range for winter, um, if you're looking for more snow than usual you'll first want to look at the teleconnections. If any are, like, for example, if we're in an El Nino, we'll probably, you know, more, seven out of ten times, our winters will be warmer and drier. So if we're in you know El Nino, you could say, well, possibly we'll be warmer, possibly we'll be drier. Um, But that's not the only thing you look at because it doesn't guarantee it at all. Um, Another thing you look at is um, some of those models that we talked about. You look at is the 500 millibar heights, are they going to be, you know, Is a ridge going to set up over the eastern United States, or is a trough going to set up over the eastern United States? If a trough is going to set up over the eastern United States, you're going to have a lot colder and more snowy of a winter, which is what we're looking like this winter. It looks like a trough is going to dominate the pattern. Um, so there's really no easy way to do it, guys. You'll want to pay attention, um, and you'll want to look at more sources of how to do it, but it's very interesting and it's very complicated. And, and you can't really necessarily, anyone that says with certainty, hey, this winter, we're going to get more than average, you know, more than average or higher than average snowfall. You just can't do that. You can say with confidence, you know, with a 70 to 80% confidence, but you can't guarantee it. Um, and that's something you'll think about. When you think about long-range forecasting is know that there are a lot of caveats. There are a lot of, you know, like all weather, it's not guaranteed. And it's all based on top abilities. Hope you enjoyed today's Storm School, guys. And uh, let's get back to the
2: podcast.
1: All right. Welcome back. We just got done talking about some manly St. Croix passion okay. fruit. Uh, not St. Croix. Croix Look, passion it. fruit. <laughs> <sparkling> <laughs> yeah, water. Yeah, 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 yeah.
2: That's a different yeah, story.
1: Yeah,
4: we are yeah, sponsored so by them, Phil. We just picked it so up. We,
1: yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, we did. Yes, we did. So we're going to segue smoothly into... Uh, the confusion that people seem to have over winter weather alerts and, oh, and yeah. acting on those. Does, does the public really need to be informed differently, especially depending on the area they, they might live in the country? And so I, I want to set this up a little bit. Uh, this is the second episode in a row that, that uh, I want to highlight an article on the theweathersocial.com, uh, which is dwxsocial.com. They've got some good articles. This is Gary uh, Zatkowski. Uh, talking about what's wrong with this picture. And it was a picture of a jackknife tractor trailer uh, on a on a turnpike in New Jersey in a snowstorm uh, with cars backed up from it. We'll, we'll put the article on our, our um, uh, show notes. But anyway, he says they were talking about the fact that this happened uh, January 22nd of 2016. Uh, so just this past year, uh, everybody... Jersey, they had had five-plus days' notice that things were coming. It was a storm that was forecasted. They saw it coming. And he goes on in the article to say, and despite all that advance notice and all that advance information, two tractor trailers jackknifed on the Pennsylvania Turnpike Friday evening, only several hours after the storm had begun. The accident occurred in one of the most remote and hilly stretches of the Pennsylvania Turnpike with roughly 40 miles between exits.
2: Oh, stranded geez. motorists
1: wow. spent over 24 hours on the turnpike with wind that's chills scary. in the single digits and near blizzard conditions. Wow. Um, so so here's the thing, because I think a lot of people are always talking about, well, if, you know, if we could forecast it a little bit further out, if we could just let people know a little further ahead of time. That's not the case here.
2: No, it's not. <laughs> that's yeah. not the case no, at all. No. So what's what's
1: happening with winter weather storms that, that people just are not paying attention? Is this a sexy storm issue again? It's not sexy enough?
3: So what's interesting about this, this a little tidbit of information, the Pennsylvania Turnpike did not actually tweet anything about the weather, the storm or anything until 638 Friday night of January 22nd. After it already started snowing like pretty heavily, I think, which is crazy. Like their tweets were like fun, exciting, welcome to the weekend instead of there's a serious storm coming, which is a whole nother different side of it. where. Where Jeff Jumper, the Pennsylvania emergency management meteorologist, was tweeting about it at least three days in advance, which is, you know, what they should have been doing.
2: Mm-hmm. And, th- and this was off,
1: that historically. Somebody those, did their was... homework. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The funny thing everybody is. everybody
2: else to shame.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I know Jeff Jumper, actually. My husband and I are good friends with
2: him. Oh, Jumper. So name Name so dropper. Yeah, we there know we this go. story kind of well,
3: and Jeff Jeff Jumper's a great guy. Um, but we also covered it on the Weather Channel um, in depth as well, so it's just. But pretty is it interesting. the
1: Pennsylvania Turnpike's tweeter job? Uh, Twitter <laughs> job to do that?
3: Well, they were. Um, is that
1: their responsibility.
3: I, I think so. Yeah, just because. You know, now it's our responsibility, I think, as meteorologists, that we can't just say something on air. We have to say it across all social channels because... All platforms, yeah. Yeah, people get their weather information from in different ways now, not just on TV, because you can get it in different ways. So I do think it was their responsibility to do that. And the fact that they were, you know, having fun and talking about random stuff and not the storm is kind of interesting. You know, I just...
4: And this was a historic, you know, yeah. snowstorm. I mean, yes. there's got over two feet of snow in some of those mm-hmm. places. So the fact that they weren't talking about that is absolutely crazy to me. And I think that's, and honestly, like I think social media is is part of the problem because yeah. you have so many yeah. different outlets yeah. that they can get their weather from. You know, the weather channel is one. AccuWeather is another one. You know, the local TV meteorologists, the transportation people have their own Twitter accounts now. So. Yeah you know, there's, there's all these different outlets of meteorology and some people are motivated just to get followers. So they post ridiculous forecasts, which make oh, people that. don't trust, yeah. which make people don't trust meteorologists. So yeah. I think that's part of the problem is having all these different sources that no one, honestly, you know, the average person is not going to know the difference. They're not going to be like, you know, these people are it's verified.
5: People Look at all these things you could be following. And I mean, yeah. if you're new to Twitter, you're like, I don't, I don't know. what am I supposed to look for? And an interesting point to this,
3: it was a high confidence forecast. We, it wasn't, you know, I don't know if it's going to happen, especially, you know, that section of the turnpike, we knew it was going to be bad and they were going to get pounded. And it's just, they still didn't alert, which was, it's kind of interesting. Um, And I believe Tom Nizzle um, at the Weather Channel was wondering, you know, why there wasn't, communication between like Jeff Jumper um, and the Turnpike or why there wasn't some kind of like, you know, information or sharing of information. It was almost confusion of communication between the, the officials, you know, to the public. And then that made the public confused. They're like, Oh, things will be okay. I guess a winter storm is coming, but they didn't say, you know, to be aware of anything. So it's mm-hmm. almost a lack of communication or confusion in several different sections.
8: Or or for the turnpike, was it was it about money? Was it they don't want to scare true. they don't they don't want to scare all the away because that's that's revenue
5: that's a different way to look yeah i mean that
8: could
5: be.
3: i feel like sometimes um you know with these kind of scenarios even like with evacuations for hurricanes i mean it's expensive to do that for the state yeah. and everything else and so it's like okay so if i evacuate everyone spend all that money and nothing happens, then, you know, I'm going to get, people are going to yell at me and say bad things. But yeah. then if you, you know, it's, it's just almost like you're
5: damned if you do, you're damned if you don't. Yeah. I feel right. like. When you're right, right, nobody has anything to say, but if you're yes. wrong, you'll never hear the end of it. Right. Yes. Yeah.
2: Well, well and, and you have that's... to
5: wonder.
4: Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. No, you yeah, got well and, well, and you, you kind of have to wonder, um, you know, are these people aware of the decisions they're making? Like, are they aware, like, hey, this could, you know, potentially be impacting someone's life, or you know, in a very negative, potentially life-threatening way.
2: Yeah. You know,
4: do we? And they had they had to have known that that was going to be a possibility. You know, begs question: Why wasn't the turnpike shut down potentially in advance, or why why were drivers right. still allowed to right. drive on the freeway? It's crazy. You know, this is a historic snowstorm; everyone knew it was going to be historic. So it just begs the question because a lot of the, a lot of times these people making these decisions aren't meteorologists. They're making yes. the decisions whether to, you know, meteorologists are advising, but yeah. they're not actually getting the call. And that's part of the problem as well is, is you know, people don't necessarily trust us fully, you know. Well, <laughs> let, let's
1: bring in another uh, winter storm, uh, w- considered a winter storm, was a couple years ago. Uh, this was from thepolitico.com. It was titled The Day We Lost Atlanta, How Too Lousy. <laughs> <laughs> two lousy inches of snow paralyzed <laughs> it was the metro so area. Crazy. Oh my gosh! So get this: oh it says gosh. so. Most of you remember this? This is uh, was Tuesday, mm-hmm. uh, January 26, two thousand fourteen. Snowfall of just over two inches shut down uh, Metro Atlanta. Their road, churches, schools, government officials, and businesses. Thousands of flights were canceled. At Hartsfield-Jackson, more than 2,000 school children
2: <laughs> separated
1: from their parents, spent the night in buses, police stations,
0: or classrooms. Oh, my gosh.
1: The only places open were Waffle House and Home Depot. <laughs> <The Waffle House. laughs> That's so
2: crazy. That's awesome. and,
1: and Home Depot was only open to be for shelters. And people oh. who didn't camp out in supermarket aisles and hotel lobbies were trapped in cars for 10, 16, 20 hours. <laughs> As they tried to make commutes that normally just take 30 minutes. So, Dina, you were in Atlanta.
5: Yes. Um.
1: So, so how how did we fail there?
5: It's just crazy. Okay, I grew up in the Midwest, in the Lake Effect region. So, you get a foot, you're fine. People how to drive on it. They don't get panicky. They have snow plows. They have salt. They have everything. You come down to the south. They don't really have the infrastructure. They don't have the snow plows. They don't have the salt or sand or whatever they're using now. And um, I mean, they close schools when it gets really cold. <laughs> I, I used to well, stand at right. the bus stop, freezing my <laughs> tail off. So I was
2: and, for that.
5: yeah yeah. I mean, so we've had you know we have had ice storms. We've had snowstorms, and you know. Everybody goes crazy. Things start canceling and they start shutting things down when people are on the highways. And that's why people get stuck and then they run out of gas. And there's times where like they do get off the highway. I remember going to work one time and um, nobody was on the road. Like I, in the, I, the roads are really (laughs) slippery, but it was like, eh, whatever. You know, I could like hit the brake and slide past where i want to go but nobody was there so it was no big deal i think um the one place that was open was dunkin donuts i slid (laughs) by it i was like oh backed up went in and they're like you're the only person we've seen all day have a coffee on us (laughs) (laughs) boom and you know but it's it's weird because (laughs) we just like people are not used to it we rarely get snow in fact i think we're more in tune to get ice um But once we get it, everybody freaks out like, Oh my god, what is that white stuff falling? What is that? I think you know, everyone was released to... at like noon that day, right? Yeah. Like everyone hit the highways
3: mm-hmm. at once.
5: But it's like and... of course as meteorologists were still coming like, you know, bosses be like, You come to work, right?
0: Yeah, especially
5: our bosses. No, just yeah. Kidding. <laughs> I know. They're like, You will be at work. We'll put you in a hotel. You know, yeah. not no realizing, you know, well, I do have to get home to my family and you know, things like that, but it's, it's crazy. And then, you know, they do close schools and then people have to stay home for the kid. I mean, it's such a mess. Everybody freaks out. It's crazy.
3: So like that storm, like it's really interesting. Like, so they did some research on it and it happened on a Tuesday and Tuesday happens to be the day that most restaurants in Atlanta get their food deliveries. So there were more 18 wheelers on the road uh, and trucks on the road than normal. So, yeah, which is is very interesting. It was just added to everything. And on top of that, the salt <laughs> trucks, because they were only expecting, you know, the snow south side of the city, they were located on the south side. And it was too late by the time they needed to get north to get there to help the situation. Need
7: your own show on CBS. I know. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, I so told,
8: told Jennifer me. in an email that she was overachieving. <laughs> <laughs> Very nice. Atlanta doesn't have too many
2: snowflaws. Yeah,
1: you're showing us up. You're showing us up. (laughs) But no, tell me this. So how how because you guys, so Ben and Dina working more. You know, uh, Maz's experience has been more local. Mm -hmm. How, How do you where when you're broadcasting on a national scale? How are you? How do you do that differently from a winter storm standpoint, when there's potential one inches of snow in the South or there's potential one inches of snow where MJ lives in more Minnesota?
5: (laughs) Well, it's definitely different because you could show all those winter weather advisories and that still is confusing to people. Um, But you got to show them the impact of it. Like how much, how much is the wind going to be? How cold is it going to get? How cold is the wind chill going to be? show the highways and where it's going to hit the highways. So tell them if you're going to be on this highway, check it out. You're going to get like 40 mile an hour gusts. You're going to have blowing snow, low visibility. You're not going to see anything. Um, and people, I think, are more, um, I think they're more prepared for it in the north where you're not prepared as much down here. Like I don't, I don't think I know anybody, there's except my meteorologist friends who has an ice scraper in their car. You know, they just That's don't me. have them. <laughs> like Jen's might be out there with a like credit card or something. But like oh, we don't that know before. we have
4: but, <laughs> oh, the credit
5: oh. People you know, no. you know, oh, no. yeah. are do just not prepared and and I I think it's just that it, plus we just don't have the infrastructure. Like I said, we don't have the snowplows. Yeah. Um if we do have a long period of where we're forecasting it. I think they're getting better at like calling in more help um, yeah. like from other states and things, but it, All right. it's I, insane. So, so media I, I people,
1: think, go ahead, MJ. No, I, I was
8: going to say, I think, I think another part of it is the public in general is so unforgiving of a swing and a miss. Mm-hmm. So if, sure. if there's a, if there's a, you know, yeah. a change in it, which happens, right. And the forecast isn't correct and it doesn't, produce everything that it's said it's going to, you know, be, they're completely unforgiving of it. And they remember Very. that, but they don't remember yeah. the 10 times that it was exactly right. Yeah. I, I think, yeah. I really think there's a psychological part to that.
5: Yeah. And, and I, yeah, I, think, s- I think, oh, sorry, go ahead.
4: Yeah, go ahead. No, you um, so I, you know, I was thinking about this a lot and I think like we were talking about with flooding and like we were talking about this, I think perception is really the problem.
5: Yeah. You know,
4: what people, perceive you know as their own reality in Atlanta, you don't get much snow. So you're not going to be used to it. and you're you're like you said, you're gonna be like, what is this white stuff? So I think honestly, in my opinion, there needs to be a better education, not necessarily by meteorologists, but in schools, um, and maybe even, you know, allowing them to experience some of these conditions somehow or it and get them to really understand how to handle it. Because I think yeah. people you know, don't know how to handle it. Like, you know, like you said, people are losing their minds over two inches. They don't know how to drive in it at
5: all either. Well,
1: so here's the the thing. I'm going to jump in because, and, and Maz, I'll ask you first. So this is kind of a a question to our media people. We talked about this a little (laughs) bit last episode with flooding. You know, I think one of the issues is people have a short-term memory. And I don't think our media does a very good job of showing, great job of saying, here's what's coming, here's what's coming. But I don't think they do a very good job of see what happened last time this came and showing videos and pictures of, hey, last time we had two inches of snow. Do you remember what the hell happened? Um,
5: (laughs) And and what was the last time? Because maybe you don't have video.
1: Yeah, showing pictures of the jackknife. Uh, truck on the turnpike showing pictures of Atlanta backed up like like it's a zombie apocalypse uh, over two inches of snow. <laughs> I think we need to make it sexy again by showing, hey, remember, this is what happened. Yeah. Maz, do you, do you think that would help? Do you think we need to do a better job of that? Well,
7: I wear a halter top when there is a snowstorm. On the
1: edge, so <laughs> and, uh, oh, God.
7: It makes it a little I, bit sexier. That's but, exciting. Uh, <laughs> I can't unimaginable. over no, 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 Stop actually, picturing
4: it right now. Stop. This is, it's a, it's a very – it's not good.
2: Oh. Just drink
7: LaCroix. You'll be uh, fine. Yes, it's true. <laughs> no, I think, I, I think it's getting better. I think it's getting better on the local level when you've had people that have been in the area – for a long enough time that they really know the area because like, yeah, because like here, you know, in Cincinnati, we know what the cut in the hill is. We know that is a ridiculous hill and in across the river from Ohio into Kentucky, we know that, wow, that one inch of snow is like one inch in Atlanta. I mean, it it really is so hilly. So the people who move into the area don't have a clue what's going on. And I would say neither do the, the newer media or meteorologists, they're not really sure of the impact. And I that's think true. that's when it becomes more of the newsroom in conjunction where they're out there doing some of those things. And you are seeing more of the reporters, but it also needs to be the season reporters. Who's like, Hey,
2: mm-hmm. remember
7: this. And, and I'm seeing a lot, at least here in Cincinnati, I'm seeing a lot of new faces that I'm like, where do they come from? And I bet <laughs> they don't really know you know, yeah. first time you get a Delta T of 15 degrees in the fall mm-hmm. and they call for sunshine and it clouds up at 11 o'clock in the morning. And it's like, what the yeah. heck was that? You know, it's yeah. that kind of just
4: experience. And, and mass too, I think, um, you know, cause especially my generation, we're all on Twitter and Facebook. I think a lot of the, you know, so-called experts on that, you know, for a local area aren't experts. They're just figureheads who, okay. you know, are good okay. at you know, they're very skilled at using Twitter. And I think a lot of the people that know the most are on those mediums and they aren't putting out things on those mediums because, you know, they're just more, you know, to themselves and more reachers focused. So I think people like that need to have more of a voice and they that, you know, their opinion needs to be weighted more. Um,
3: mm-hmm. I agree with that. Well, and
7: it is interesting too because you know i mean i come back from the generation where we started with the old maps and you had to draw with magic markers so you know the whole idea (laughs) of twitter but when you're talking about uh you know the guy in the turnpike yeah he didn't tweet out the right thing and i was sitting here thinking when's the last time i got my road report off of twitter (laughs) you know so there's there's a a lot of opportunities to get there i think yeah. A lot of people don't even know. There's so many places they still don't know. Look at our weather yeah. resources. How many we come up with every yeah. you know week or two here? Like, I didn't even know that existed. That's so cool.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that yeah. no, is cool. And I agree with Brady talking about perception before because Dr. Laura Myers, who's a social scientist um, at the University of Alabama, she did research on this and surveyed people. And since we don't get snow that much in the South – People, I think, mostly perceive it as it's fun. You get a snow day. You get to stay home from work. Mm-hmm. And they don't realize the seriousness of the situation. And what happened uh, with this situation is the National Weather Service, I believe, upgraded it from a watch to an advisory overnight. So businesses and school districts didn't have enough time to basically, you know, figure out a, a newer plan before, you know, the next day and, and that school day. And then by the time the snow started falling and everything like that, it was like mid to late morning. And then by noon, everyone was like let out and it was just Mm -hmm. a disaster of everyone on the road at, at one single time. But she also said that people just fully don't understand what a watch advisory warning means. So I think it's education. And like Dina said before, you know, what you have to do on any kind of media is not just say you've got a winter storm watch, explain what that means. And then if it's upgraded, explain what the implications of that are as well.
1: All right. So let's let, good say, Jen, because this one of the things I'll and I'll kind of finish with this um, National Weather Service. They have their uh, expanded winter weather terminology. And you mm-hmm. can get this at weather.gov. There are 13 Winter weather alerts, different winter weather alerts, um, and they're for the most part they're broken into three categories. There's the watch. Watch is generally issued in the 24 to 72 hour forecast time frame, so a day to three days out, um, and a watch means there is a 50 to 80 percent chance that the warning thresholds can be met. So, 50 to 80 percent chance that it could become uh, a warning. Then there's the warning. These products are issued when a hazardous winter weather event is occurring, is imminent, or has a high probability of occurrence greater than 80%. Um, So that's a big one. And then the advisory. These products are issued when a hazardous winter weather event is occurring, imminent, or very high probability of occurrence uh, as well. But here's what they are. I'll just quick tell them. Here's all 13. There's watch category, blizzard watch, lake effect, snow watch, uh, wind chill watch, Winter storm watch. Warnings blizzard warning, ice storm warning, lake effect snow warning, wind chill warning, winter storm warning. Okay. And then advisories winter weather advisory, freezing rain advisory, lake effect snow advisory, wind <laughs> chill advisory. And of course, they all have different colors. So there's yeah. 13 right. different colors. So, yeah, there's some confusion. I would you know,
2: confusing,
5: Here's yeah. a good rule of thumb. Just remember that <clears throat> the watches are, like, think about it like this. Watches are what we think is going to happen, um, and it's all about the time. You know, watches are for a more distant future where warning is, like, imminent, starting, or very near, and we think it really is going to happen. So it's kind of like a lot of the differences with the watches and warnings is timing, you know, you said um, like the watches are 24 to 72 hours. That's quite a while where you have a warning that's like right now or within the next you know, 24, 36 hours. So that is right now. You have to pay attention to a warning. I Hopefully that's clear. But then you have all the categories. So you yeah. got to think about like the worst ones, of course, are always the ice. Yeah, that's where you get in the most trouble. Yeah. So keep in mind the ice is the worst. You well, know, I think the, advisory a, is
1: confusing, too. It is. It got is. Is. Yeah, watches, warnings, yep. and then advisories. And you don't really have advisories with um, thunderstorms and things like that that a lot of people are used to. Uh, so it throws in a, a whole new mix there. But,
7: uh, well, yeah, yeah, you but,
4: know why I mean, there's 13? The, yeah,
7: go ahead. You know why there's 13?
4: Oh, yeah, right?
7: No. Because 14 just too many. <laughs>
4: exactly.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
4: Guys, I, I have not this. I, I think, well, okay, so you know, I'm in college so We have to memorize an unbelievable amount of things every day. You know, I have to memorize. No, I'm just saying. I'm saying that if people can't know. I'm sorry if this offends anyone. But if people can't know the difference between a watch and a warning, that they don't care enough about their safety, you know, it, they need to care more. And and they shouldn't be blaming the meteorologists. They can't. If you know, it can't get much simpler. The weather is so complex. I don't think you can narrow it down to less than thirteen.
1: And that's Brady mind. at StormfrontFreaks.com. <laughs> I'm, I'm just, just
2: saying, I'm it's,
3: just it's saying, personal no. responsibility.
4: I think, I think, if people can't, if people don't want to take the time to to know the difference between some of these things, like a watch and a warning, per se, I get that there's some confusing terminology. But then, you know, they don't care about their safety and they, you know, it's, it's, it is what it is. I don't know. I That's
7: keep hoping I Brady will tell me how I'll feel about this next
5: time. I love you, take, man. They, they have to take charge of their own life, of course. Yeah. But even if they're trying to, and they want to, they have to be able to go somewhere to figure out what to do. Um, yeah, and, and yeah. It. like I think that is maybe where a local station can do well, because they could sit. They can do the whole newscast just on that. It's they're not and they're not stuck for like a two minute segment on TV or a minute segment on digital. I mean, they can really get into it in the local. And like uh, we, we said earlier, is they know the little intricacies of. Their local area, you know, is there little lakes around that's going to make it worse? Is there terrain? Um, you know, they know which yeah. roads are going to be the worst at what time. So I think that's really helpful. But just as a rule of thumb, remember, watches are a little bit more into the future. Warnings are more like immediate. Um, and then remember the blizzards and the ice. Those are the worst. Remember that. That's the best way in, to remember
1: in, it. In the mortal wor- words of Millie Vanilli, just blame <laughs> it on the rain. <laughs> Blame it on the rain. All right, so we're yeah. gonna we're gonna did take a break. That? I did. Uh, we're gonna take a quick break, and when we come back, uh, we have actually the educational portion uh, of our show. Uh, we Bam. will hit our our weather resources, at weather fools. I don't know if weather fools is actually educational, but it, you oh, know, it's, it's funny. Here's That's what you all don't experience. do. Here's what you don't do. <laughs> all right, so here's our. We'll take a break. We'll be right back.
0: You're listening to the Stormfront Freaks podcast.
1: Hey, welcome back. We're still talking about Lacroix uh, Natural <laughs> yeah. Springs spring water. Some bizarre I thought she reason. said Lefroy, and I was like, they don't, they don't even sponsor us, so we're giving them some free. I don't know if the publicity oh, is good, yeah. but they I say all it. publicity is good, right? All right, yeah. Brady, let's let's hit some weather
4: fools. All right, guys, it's time for everyone's favorite part of the podcast, Weather Fools, where we talk Uh, about some things in the most recent news. Yeah, Pity the Fool, exactly.
2: (laughs) Pity the Fool.
4: Where where, some people maybe have done something a little bit silly uh, with regards to the weather. Uh, Dina, let's start off with you. What's your Weather Fool of the Week?
5: All right, so this one, we just showed this recently. Uh, This was off Newsflare, and mainly it's this guy – I'm going to share my screen here. He's standing, like, right by these, like, a, I don't know if you call it a <laughs> pier or something, but all these huge waves. He's trying to take a selfie. Oh, okay, yeah. people do this. There Boom. <laughs> he's <not paying laughs> it's
1: like, I got it.
5: Man, he's out I'm of it. it. <laughs> oh, my God. I mean, people do this all the time. Um, and it's just stop doing stupid stuff, trying to do a selfie. Yeah. You know, Uh, in the middle of a storm or by the waves, because boom, they get hit. That
1: totally looked like a um, uh, America's Funniest Home Videos rigged shot uh, setup shot. Because do you see him like (laughs) look back at the guy that was filming or the gal saying, "Hey, did you get?" You God, get getting standards? nailed by that sway. Yeah, <laughs> that's cool,
2: man.
7: Was he holding the Samsung Note Seven? That's what I want oh, <laughs> oh, baby! Oh, there, he was there trying you
2: to diffuse it. It was Boom. it was starting to catch
5: fire, and,
4: yeah. <laughs> Jeez, gotta right. put it in the water. Yes, exactly. Phil, uh, what's your weather fool this week?
5: All
1: right, so my weather fool this week um, actually covers a uh, city in Mississippi. Uh, it's actually Louisville, Mississippi. So it's, it's not, uh, it's not, uh, Louisville.
3: It's actually Louisville. Kentucky.
1: That's how they,
3: pronounce it. yeah. Yeah. I yeah. Like, Bill. I worked um, in Tuchelot.
1: All right. <laughs> yeah. So here's what happens. So Louisville, if that's how it is, uh, FEMA is coming back saying Louisville, Mississippi should repay a $25 million grant that what? was awarded for recovery from a 204, uh, 2014 tornado. So they received a FEMA grant for recovery efforts after a, a pretty actually devastating tornado went through there uh, back in 2014, but the problem is, is the 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 city didn't follow the guidelines for issuing contracts uh, oh. to companies that were coming in to help clean up and do whatever. Oh. You know, it, it, it sounds like it was maybe one of those. Oh, I called my cousin to come in and fix it. We <laughs> gave him a couple million dollars to. Oh,
2: they wow. just they didn't
1: follow the bidding, the bidding rules, and and. My fools are the, the stinking managers and, and city leaders that just didn't know how to follow rules when it comes to uh, helping your city get better. Yeah. Is that a
7: picture of someone using preparation
4: age? What is that? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I These was just hats. looking at it, it says, so how do men tighten their My skin. I was like, <laughs> I was like, what, what are you talking about? <laughs> like, <what can> <laughs> <know? laughs> Never mind. There's-
7: Why are you looking yeah. at me, man? Why are you looking at me?
3: Phil, that's <laughs> crazy though. I don't I don't, I don't right. know how I feel about that. I mean I Yeah I didn't ugh. know
1: how I feel about it either. But so anyway, we'll those post things. those. Yeah, we'll post those on uh, our website stormfrontfreaks.com. Wait, wait, Phil, so sure I've got one. On I've notes. got
4: one, Phil. Hold on. Oh last night. Oh minute.
2: Brady's you're got one. Yeah, yeah,
4: hold on. So mine was actually from last night during the World Series. As you know, the tenth inning. Uh, Remember two, two weeks ago, last episode, you're sucked. Yeah, <laughs> by the way,
1: because it wasn't even a weather fool, it was like you, it was lame. So you, this better it be That's good. It.
2: Let's That's cut okay. him off. Oh, no. we, we, cut just him off we just he did, we just did. Keep moving <laughs> He's on. He's on. You know, oh man, all right, Matt,
7: Matt, yes, <laughs> <look at some laughs> WX resources, <laughs> weather resources. This is the most fun part of the show. Am I right? Am I <laughs> yeah. right? Yes, there you go. Whatever, fine, okay. So hey, Dina, you got a cool app I understand, yes?
5: Yeah, so I'm going to try to share my one. I just found um and I was playing around with winter weather because we've been talking about it and you know, it's always you're always trying to like convert Celsius to Fahrenheit as a met, you know, cuz you're looking at different charts and sometimes you're looking at things like wind chill or um like liquid to snow ratio and that So this is called the Winter Weather Decoder, and it's free, which I like because I like free stuff. It's actually, it's pretty. Yeah, it's (laughs) a pretty one, and it's kind (laughs) of neat because you guys can see it, like, you know, you can look at the Fahrenheit, you can look at how much snow, and you change the liquid, so maybe you're looking at, like, (sighs) precipitable water or something, (laughs) and it'll give you, like, how much snow. The numbers change. So that's really, it. like, you know, if you're really getting down and dirty into trying to do snowfall totals. But I think one for everybody that wants to do it that's not even a MET is the windshield. And it'll do it, And you know, and fa- it'll do Fahrenheit. And all you have to do is, like, dial in the wind speed, and it'll give you the windshield. It's, it's really cool. You don't have to, you know, get a calculator out or anything. So winter weather decoder. That's mine for the week. That's awesome. awesome. i right. <laughs> <laughs> Brady's back. Oh, <laughs> i <I'm> so sorry. <laughs> <laughs>
2: right, you <let> talk? <laughs> right. Um. Mine is
3: uh, MODIS today. It's the USA composite uh, from the Terra and Aqua satellites in NASA's Earth Observing uh, System. And it's just awesome because it's high resolution satellite imagery that you can see all the detailed features of the clouds, thunderstorms, all that kind of stuff. And you can look at it on a daily basis and it basically shows the updated passes of the satellites and you can select different areas and just look at that particular region and it's just an awesome thing to look at i love looking at it every day and multiple times a day
7: that's cool i like that I and by the cool way I, realize, guys, I had one of those tv moments where you're like they can't stop laughing and i'm like oh no oh no it's hitting the, the game Phil, was it, it didn't help
2: I know. It's, too bad. it's not a so video I, podcast. I, right? I apologize. So man, it's, it's it's too bad.
7: Too bad. <laughs> I so so man, you I got a weather resource too. Oh wait, she's getting a dartboard out. Of it. What's no. that picture of me on there for, Dovsa? Oh,
2: right, no.
5: you know oh man. So, so All right,
1: so I'll I'm
4: go. I got a weather resource. So, uh, so oh, he's oh he's got a screenshot on. That's okay. Go uh, ahead. So I'm, so, go ahead. All right, so I've got a weather resource. Um, so it's the Green Party. Apparently, they are just a fantastic place to get your weather. Uh, so they're, one of their latest tweets that was very informative. So they said, uh, this was talking about the World Series last night. They said, it's November. It should be snowing in Cleveland, but not raining. Blame global warming for the delay. Um, so it's you know once again, the Green Party is a great place to go if you want to get some uh, reliable weather information. Uh, uh-huh. you know, so that's my uh, weather resource.
3: I like okay. it. Cool. That's awesome.
0: <laughs> so I
1: think you got uh, one now, right, Jenny? Just make
4: note. Yeah, we'll mm-hmm. cut
1: we'll cut that um, segment part out.
2: <laughs> <Gotcha>.
1: <laughs> no. Yeah, yeah, we're cutting you off, Brady. You don't you don't get to at least. We're going to gonna able suspend able to to you for at least one show. No weather fools or weather resources <laughs> for you.
2: Oh, All right. Man. So
1: my my WX resource is called uh, Seasonality Go. This is at getseasonality.com. They've got they've got all different uh, types of products, but this is an app uh, for the iPhone or the iPad. And and I mentioned this on Twitter a few days ago, but this has actually replaced my daily go-to app for just getting uh, temperature, uh, wind speeds, forecast, what hourly forecast, what's temperature going to be like during the day, what's the Precipitation possibility. Um, this is now my just daily weather go-to app. Actually, it replaced uh, my Weather Channel app for my daily. What? Oh, Ouch! That hurts. Oh, stings yeah. actually. I, 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 I yeah. still, still look at the Weather Channel app for the bill. lift.
5: See, watch the all the video. videos, yeah. Watch the lift. All the cat <laughs> videos
1: and stuff like that. I still, <laughs> yeah. I still catch that. No, I'm. Oh kidding. my
5: god, Phil! But, I'm gonna, but
1: no, I'm gonna it, have it, to
3: careful dina could literally probably
2: <laughs> thank god she's in atlanta like it yeah, <laughs> so anyway
1: uh it's a great uh great little app just for uh for daily just daily what what the hell's going on so cool. we will anybody else with a resource we good
3: i have one more really quick it'll okay. take like cool. two seconds um it's the this american show <laughs>
1: we're just gonna it's... wing it
3: Yes, it's the American Meteor Society, so uh, not meteorological society. And they have information on like fireballs and meteor showers, because I know a lot of weather geeks are space geeks out there, too. So they kind of break down, you know, what's going to peak like the next meteor shower, which is the northern torrid meteor shower, which is going to be, I think, November 11th and 12th.
2: Cool. Nice. Awesome. Yeah, cool. So, yeah. Thank you. That's it. All
5: right.
1: So we'll, we'll have those posted on our show notes as well. You can go to stormfrontfreaks.com. We'll have those website links and all that fun stuff for you guys to uh, pull up. And I think, uh, uh, I mean, this is kind of a, a mic night, your own mic night. So feel free to jump in. But I think that does it for the show. Yes. Woo, I'm crying yeah. because I was laughing so hard.
2: So. <laughs> yes. You know, <laughs> That's it for You're this on your six pack abs. The
1: Freaks podcast. Uh, thanks for listening if you like the show tell a friend and give us a review on itunes and if you didn't like it tell us uh, but give us a review anyway we want to answer all your questions or discuss your comments on future shows so send us your thoughts to questions at stormfrontfreaks.com or send a message on twitter or facebook you can just search stormfront freaks special thanks to our great guest john erdman
2: Hey, jen. Yeah. All right. So,
1: uh, our next episode in two weeks we'll be reviewing weather radios and other weather products for the holiday shopping season as well as announcing a new contest for our listeners um, so that's yeah. exciting Ooh. so for mj for brady maz dina and our awesome guest jen i'm gonna signal hey, the jen. all clear and Good. we'll catch you guys next time Bye. Bye.
0: Thank you for listening to the Stormfront Freaks podcast. To subscribe and be notified when new episodes of our bi-weekly show are available, you can go to iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, or TuneIn Radio and search for Stormfront Freaks. If you would like to contact us with questions or make comments about the show, shoot us an email to questions at stormfrontfreaks.com or follow us on Twitter at Stormfront Freak. We'd love to hear from you. For show notes, additional information about this episode, as well as past and upcoming shows, videos, photos, and more, visit our website at stormfrontfreaks.com. While you're there, check out the interactive radio are provided by our friends at zoomradar.com providing interactive weather content for web, mobile and digital displays at cost-effective prices zoomradar.com and don't forget to follow us on facebook at facebook.com/stormfrontfreaks join us next time and tell a friend about the stormfront freaks podcast